everyone, this is Shane O'Quinn, and this is Garage Rant, where we talk about everything and everybody, and we don't give a rat's ass what they think. <laughs> that being said, let's talk about some customers. Without the customers, we wouldn't have a business, but it's like a double-edged sword. Some customers will drive you crazy as hell, while others, you know, are just great to work with. Last couple of years, though, we've been getting a few of these people. I guess they we like to call them old car virgins. People's never owned an old car in their life. But I guess they like the idea of it or the concept of it or hell, they're watching Motor Trend TV on, on a satellite, I guess. Hell, I don't know. But anyway, the worst thing about those people is they think it's cool to own an old car. I had one guy, uh, it's about five or six years ago, he decided he wanted a, a 68 Roadrunner. I mean, I don't know, remember now what made him choose that particular car, but but he had enough money in there. He was good enough shape where he could buy a restored car, which is fine. I'm, I'm all about that. So this, I found this guy car, 68 Roadrunner, 440. Four, no, it was a 440 automatic because he didn't want four speed. I don't think a guy could drive a four speed, which is kind of funny too. That's a different story we're going to get into later. But yeah, this car here was, it was fully restored. It's excellent shape. Everybody done the car, done just a knockout job on it. It wasn't a cheap car by no means. But the more he drove it, the more he hated the damn thing. And he had all these crazy complaints with it. I mean, he had one like, you know, it's a little loud. It had the wind noise. It squeaked. thing didn't stop very well. I mean, this thing had a ridge. Well, it did have disc brakes on the front, so it stopped decent. But to his standards, it didn't stop worth a shit. <laughs> so, yeah, so one day, I used to, you know, we were talking about what he drove every day. He drove a, a newer BMW. So, you know, that's a, that's a pretty refined car as far as quiet, you know, that cold air and all this stuff. So anyway, this guy ended up keeping this thing for, I guess, about six months. I ended up selling it for him because it's, he couldn't take it no more. His anxiety was too damn high. That got him out of the old car world, which that's good. We don't need people like him. He's just a pain in the ass anyway. But that's what we're running into right now. We're getting a lot of these old car virgins, which I ain't got no problem with it. Most people, I mean, I get it. You'd like to get into the hobby or whatever. But I like to tell people, you know, these old cars... Even one fully restored back to beautiful shape, it, it's still 60s technology. It's not the greatest car in the world. It, it probably will have a few rattles and squeaks and whatever. I mean, me, I grew up driving old cars, so I don't pay much attention to it. Most people, though, they freak the hell out because these old cars make a little noise or whatever. But they do drive different. That is true. I mean, rack and pinion steering and all that, you know, that's, that's a precise thing. It drives really well. An old car with a 16 to 1 steer ratio steering box, it don't drive very well. So it wanders a little bit sometimes, which I think that's just the, the nature of the beast. And that's just part of driving an old car. But if, if you can't handle that or whatever, you really don't need one of these cars or trucks. God, trucks are even worse because, you know, them old leaf spring front ends and stuff. That was That's a whole different story, too. Yeah, but don't get me wrong. There are a lot of great builders out there that's, that's doing some super nice cars. Even you get one of these old cars and, and put it on, I mean, we've done it too. You get a Roadster shop chassis. That is just a fantastic chassis. That car will drive, stop, and steer just like a new car, if not better. I mean, we've had those things under a Chevelle, and they'll just like corner like a new Corvette. Just drive fantastic. And you can get a lot of, you get all the noises out of it that, at that point. I mean, but you got to pony up for that stuff. I mean, a Roadster shop chassis, you're looking $30,000 or $40,000 for one. That's just for the chassis. You ain't counting some. Uh, poor schmuck putting the thing together for you. That's going to be an expensive car. I worked for a shop. You know, we done some high-end cars like that. I mean, you're talking uh, 100000 plus for one of those cars. Now, that's why a lot of people's price range. They can't handle that. I mean, shoot, that's the price of most people's houses. But most people who just want to get into an old car, they just like the hobby. And they thought, well, that'd be kind of cool, you know, something to get into. But if you're going to do that, at least do some research and uh, have some people look at a car for you. 
I mean, they, I mean, we do that sometimes. You know, I got to do pre-purchase inspections. They make sure at least the car is safe to drive. It's, it, everything works like it should and all this. Yeah, another thing to keep in mind, are you going to do the maintenance on this car? I mean, they're going, it's, it's getting hard to find a shop who can do that sort of thing now. They've been the last two years in Charlotte, alone Charlotte, North Carolina, there's been, I know of eight shops that's closed in the last two years. So, I mean, that that being said, you know, it's getting hard to find people to maintain these old cars, keep them up. At least you can do it yourself. You can do it yourself. It's great. I mean, I, I applaud people who do their own work on their cars. I love it. I mean, you've always got those groups of people. you got the guys who buy them, and you got the guys who build them. So, I mean, that was always a button-head type thing. But I always enjoyed listening to people tell stories on how they put it together themselves. But yeah, keep that in mind, though. These things are, it's not a cheap hobby, either. It, it can be very expensive, like I said, maintaining these things and stuff. I had a woman call me the other day. And it's like her and her husband bought the car together. It's a 66 Chevelle, a 350 car, automatic, you know, just a, just a plain car, pretty much. But they just want something to ride. But they got the car for uh, 80 some hundred dollars, I think is what she told me. But anyway, it still had the drum brakes on it, which is kind of odd nowadays. But it still had the drum brakes and just no power steering, you know, just basic heat. So the first thing they want to do, they want to put AC on it. They want to put disc brakes, power steering. They want to start that stuff, which is fine. But I think I about give her a heart attack. I think I hear her hit the floor when I told her how much it's cost to put AC in a car. I mean, if kits have just went up, uh, vintage airs went about out of sight on that stuff. Plus the shipping on it, you know, get it from Texas or wherever. But then you got the labor too go in there. And it's like I told her, they ain't just putting AC on the car. You really, if you're going to put AC on one of these old cars, you need to convert it to an electric fan. It just makes it more efficient. It'll run better, run cooler for you, especially in the summer, make your AC cooler. But you know, yeah, it ends up more. See, they don't think about all the, all that stuff and the pulleys and the brackets, everything on the front of the motor's got to be changed. There's a lot of stuff to it. So just that part, you know, you're going to spend a three to $5,000 put AC on one of these cars. So that right there, I think, give her a heart attack. <laughs> so, but that ain't no big deal. I mean, you just got to, that's what you want to get into. You're going to have to accept that's how much it's going to cost. Just, if it ain't in your budget, maybe you shouldn't be into this. You find you another hobby or whatever to get into and uh, quit watching Motor Trend. Because I know I would used to say, well, you know, quit watching you know, the Speed Channel and uh, cancel all your subscriptions to the magazines. But there ain't no more magazines left. I think Hot Rod's about the only one left. There might be two or three other ones. Uh, Modern Rodden, I think, is still another one. That's a whole different subject, too. One of my favorite stories, this is a true story. I was in a friend of mine's shop in Mooresville. That's been several years ago. We're just going up there, you know, just to stop in, see what's going on, check on everybody. And uh, it's about 5 o'clock, even so he ain't locked the doors yet or anything. So a guy comes in, and he's toting a magazine, and he wants to speak to Tom. Tom's the owner. And he wants to talk to him about building a car. And Tom, you know, he's polite. So he says, you know, here, come on in. You know, we'll talk about it here if you see what you got on your mind. Anyway, he pulls out this magazine, and there's a 57 Chevy in it, a two-door hardtop thing, just an absolute beautiful car. It was built by the Roadster shop. This has been several years ago. So here's what he wants to do. He wants to build a car. He don't have to be exact, but that's what he's got in mind. He thought that'd be easy. Okay, I'll bring the magazine in. This car's got everything I want on it. Can I get this built? And Tom said, yeah, we can do that. Ain't, I mean, he builds high-end cars, so, I mean, there ain't no problem for him. So, I mean, Tom, he's a little bit of a ass in some ways <laughs> this is kind of funny i felt bad for the guy kind of when he left but, so he sets him down and uh he, he i don't think the guy's got a clue how much his stuff actually costs yeah so tom actually calls another friend of ours actually works at the roaster shop brad and uh he gets him on puts him on speakerphone and tells him hey brad you know, i got this guy sitting here you know and he wants he's talking about this 57 chevy is in this issue hot rod he's like yeah i remember the car 
and all that sort of thing. He was like, just get to the bones of it. He said, how much did it cost to build that car? And uh, Brad says, you know, it was around about 300000 And I thought the guy was going to turn his face, turn white, all the blood left. I thought he was going to freak out. So he said, well, that's all I need right now. You know, I'll get back with you. And he said, okay, you know, we'll chat or something later. So he hangs up the phone. He looks at him. He said, you know, I can do it a lot cheaper than roaster shopping. You know, our labor rate's cheaper and all this stuff. We can do this. He said, I could probably build that car for you for, you know, just shy over about 200000 And uh, this guy, he just sat there speechless. It was funny as hell. So finally he looks at me. He said, you all right? He's like, yeah. And he said, I never dreamed that's what these cars cost. He said, well, what do you have in mind? He said, I got the car already, you know, and I paid, I don't remember now what he paid for the car, but he got it for a good buy. But he said, I thought I could probably do that same car for $50,000. I was like, no, you're going to do I mean, $50,000, brother, get it painted. <laughs> this is crazy stuff now. So he left all distraught. But I mean, that's, that's what it is, people. It's just cost money to play like that. That's the kind of customers you get, the old car versions, which there ain't nothing wrong with them. Just educate yourself a little bit before you jump into stuff. Another customer like likes to come in. You get the guys that want a custom car. They want to be different. But yet, yeah, they'll buy a car. Well, I've, I've been helping a friend of mine at his shop, but he's doing a 69 Dodge Charger for this guy. So he loves the Charger, but he don't want nothing in it to look like a Charger. So finally, the other day, I had enough of these foolishness. And I asked him, I told him, why the hell did you buy a Charger for if you're going to change everything up where nothing looks like a Charger no more? I mean, that just to me is just asinine. So me and that guy don't get along too good. I, I keep throwing it up in his face. What the hell you want to change it for? I mean, to me, I like custom cars. But there is, if you're going to do a custom car, you got to think about this. Most people don't keep these cars two or three years before they're tired of them. If you're doing a really custom car to your taste, that car is hard to sell. I mean, there ain't two people out there that's got the same tastes. So you're going to get putting $300,000 in this car to suit you and you like it. It's all cool, well, and good. Then you go to sell the thing, and before you know it, you know, you got an offer for $100,000. So I've seen people about shit their pants over that, which is kind of funny. Well, I got $300,000 in it. I can't get, you just can't get it out of it. I know a guy who built a Nova several years ago. This is, oh, this is back in the early 2000s. He spent probably half a million dollars on this car. The guy I used to work for, he bought it off of him for two fifty, and he sold it for two fifty. He didn't make a damn dime on it. He's lucky to get out of it, I guess. Yeah, me personally, I don't really like doing cars like that to that extreme. I mean, really changing stuff, cutting it up or whatever. I like doing cars that's uh, it's more subtle changes that look like it's probably never been changed, if that makes sense to everybody. I mean, just little minor stuff, you know, taking the ugly out of the car. I guess that's the easiest way to put it, because every car out there has got ugly in it. Now, that'll piss off somebody. I'm sure, oh, this car's perfect, especially uh, Mopar people. They think everything's freaking perfect anyway. They'll drive you crazy, especially if you like this guy. You're molesting a 69 Charger. You're screwing with General Lee here. He need, he looks perfect, <laughs> so don't change it. Yeah, that's the purest. Those guys there don't want no changes to a car. And they'll, just, uh, they'll just drive you crazy. Corvette guys have to be the worst. Yeah, I work for a shop. We've done nothing but restore a lot of Corvettes. We've done Corvettes, Camaros, and Chevelles. Corvettes mainly. And those guys are just a piece of work. They will absolutely drive you crazy. But at the end of the day, you can find somebody. I mean, the builders out there, everybody's got their own different build style. And I, I enjoy looking at everybody's cars. Everybody from like Joe Martin down there at Martin Brothers. He's got a certain way he does cars. Uh, Bobby Alloway's got a certain way he does cars. You know, and I enjoy that. And I got ways I do stuff. That's just the way it is. But you can about find, you just have to shop around if you want a certain car a certain way. And if you're venturing down that road, the best way to start that project is work with an artist. Do your rendering. 
I mean, you're going to spend three, five, six hundred bucks, you know, on a nice rendering, several different angles. But if you do that, you get it on papers. Okay, it's exactly what I want. You can take it around to the builders and say, hey, you know, can you do this or whatever? That gives you somewhere to start. That's the easiest way to go about that. Now, that puts you into this guy. Next guy coming up is the budget guy, which I, I like budget people. I've had a bunch of them over years. We had one guy, I would do stuff to his car. I'd work on it for three or four weeks. Then he'd come and get it because they'd run out of money, which that's just funny as hell. But we ended up finishing the car. It took right out of the year. The car left and came back, left and came back. But it, it eventually got done, and you know he was happy with it, and that's all that matters. Those guys are pretty good to deal with. The worst one to deal with on, on any kind of budget, you get this guy, I don't know what you'd call him, not the wannabe rich guy, I guess you could call him. He's the guy that comes in your shop, you know, he's got this vehicle or whatever, and uh, he likes to throw money around. Oh, money's no object. Well, money's no object till you start really sending the bills in. We had a guy like that. Oh, put as many guys as you can on it. I like to get this thing done. I said, well, dude, you know, the labor rate's 85 an hour. So he knows, he says, yeah, I can afford it, man. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. It's okay. It ain't no worries. But, you know, back in my mind, I'm thinking, eh, we'll see how this guy, see if he's a player or not. So I, I keep the guys back. We end up getting between three of us. We end up putting maybe 120 hours in that thing for a month. I, I shoot him a bill alert. It's about, what, 85 an hour. So he's $10,200, not counting tax. So this guy gets a bill. He gets choked up a little bit. He pays it, but he's concerned. He's got the concerned look on his face, which I love it. <laughs> so, but you know, the truck, it's getting done. By the way, it was a Bronco. So these Broncos, you know, they're time consuming and stuff anyway. But anyway, so this thing's getting done. You know, he's acting with the progress. But he did have that concerned look on his face. So the next month, you know, we had about 150 hours in it, which comes up to about $12,750, something like that. Yeah, so this guy, he's sweating now. But he hasn't got to the point, I guess, where he has to ask his wife for, <laughs> for permission, I guess. Because at the end of the day, he always said it was her truck anyway, which it might have been. I never met his wife. But the truck come out really good. It, it did. And we finished the thing up. The final bill, though, was the header. So I forget what the mount was on. But that took him a few months to pay that one off. That hadn't really stuck him. <laughs> but it just, he, he got, he knew stuff was expensive. I just didn't think he realized how expensive at the time. He just wanted to act like Mr. Big Shot. But that don't bother me. Now, we ended up getting the thing done. It come out nice. He was happy. His wife was happy, as far as I know. He said that she enjoyed driving the truck. So that's all that matters. But, you know, at the end of the day, as long as I've been doing this stuff, I've only really had a couple of customers that you consider bad customers. They're just a pure asshat. Those people just drive you crazy. So over the years, you sort of get where you can wean those guys just by talking to them in general before you even get your car in the shop. So but we've, I've had actually two of them slip by. One guy, my wife, I'll tell you, she was there one day. This guy took a scream of fit in the shop. It was kind of funny. So I just looked at him, you know, I'm just calm about it. I was telling him, I said, well, you know, just, just get the hell out. <laughs> it's that simple. Some people, you can't make them happy no matter what. But we've been pretty fortunate in, in having a good customer base and having real good people. Those customers, that's what makes up the difference. When Mr. Asshat slips in on you and it makes your day miserable, all the good customers you got and everybody else you made happy and they're just tickled to death with their old cars, that's what makes the difference up. So Mr. Asshat, he can just go, Go pound sand. Maybe I'll get a few more shop owners there. We'll start talking about that. We'll do a show on that. Just bad customers. They some funny shit out there we've seen over the years. We've seen just a little bit of everything. And the truth is stranger than fiction, believe me, on this stuff. And that's just some of the people you'll run into or the customers you'll run into. But without the customers, you have no money. So that's the name of the game. You've got to make some money and keep the business going. At least that's what a lot of people say. I do it for the cars. I don't do it for the money. And that's, that's understandable because I'm broke most of the time. 
but I have a good time doing it and I enjoy it. So that's all that matters. So I'm taking my broke ass and I am out of here. Till next time.